time to thrive. Welcome to the Thrivology Podcast with Dr. Lee Bauckham. Join us as we explore ways that you can thrive in your life, regardless of what life throws at you. It's your life. Time to live it. Hey, this is Lee Balkum, and this is the Thrivology Podcast. This is the podcast that I designed to talk about and think about how to thrive in your life. And that doesn't mean that I am 100% a thriver, but it means that I do work to be more and more 100%. There are days when, just like you, I struggle. There are days that, just like you, everybody struggles. We all have these moments where we're doing better, and then sometimes we're doing worse, and that's been especially true this year. One of the things that's been true for lots of people is I've talked to them over this past year of you know trying to figure out how to relate in safety, how to you know process all of the news that's coming at us, how to deal with all of the conflict around us, is that lots of people have felt like they were stuck in a rut. You know, They just couldn't get out of that rut. It's like every day seemed to be Groundhog Day. And I've got to admit, That's been somewhat true in my own life. Um, I have several different punctuation marks during the week, a a group that I'll meet with every week or, you know, a a moment when I am working on a specific project every week. I've got a uh, one group that we meet on a, a Zoom call every single week. I've got another group that we meet on conference call every single week. And so it kind of comes around every week and I go, oh, here, you know, another week has passed. And the fact is that sometimes we feel like we're in a rut when we're not. But then there are the times when we really do find ourselves stuck. And one of the things that I've developed over the years are some ideas of how to get unstuck. And I'll I'll tell you why that is. (laughs) Because I keep finding myself stuck at times. And so part of what I think is important in all of our work on thriving is looking at where we're not thriving and looking for ways to turn that around. So because of that, I wanted to talk a little bit about how uh, you might be able to move through that rut, how to find a better way through the rut. And here is the place where, you know, we think about just for a moment what that rut is really about. If you've got a a car and you're on maybe a, a loose dirt road and you keep driving down the exact same lane, it's going to wear a rut in the road, which makes it harder to get out of the rut. Your tires will just drop right down to it. I remember years ago, my parents uh, have a place fairly close to uh, the beach, and so they have very sandy soil around them. And there was this crack down uh, the, at that point, the dirt road that was in front of their house. And that dirt road, that little crack, was not a big deal, right? You could just ride right over it, and it's no big deal. Until we had a number of thunderstorms just kind of rage through the area. And all of that rain kept washing, and the more it washed, the more it found that crack. And the more it washed down that crack, the more it washed out the crack, and it got bigger and bigger until it was just a gaping rut. So that if you're, you're, you're driving along and your, your wheel dropped into it, you're going to follow that rut. That's what happens. We follow the path of least resistance sometimes in our life, even if that's not getting us where we want to get to. And that really is, right? That's really what you and I find is our rut. The place where life is just the least resistance. And, and so we just kind of move along. Maybe one day at a time and one week at a time. And over time, we find that we are really stuck in that rut. So that's where we want to talk about this. 
how do we break out of the rut? Well, let's talk about the first step. And if you're listening to this because you go, oh, I think I'm in that rut, you're already doing it. And if you're just listening because, you know, you typically listen to my podcast, you can say maybe there are places where I'm in a rut. And this is a process that I continually look at for myself. So that's the first step. Face the rut. So let's define a little bit about what that means. First of all, I want you to think on whether the rut you're in is really a rut or a pause. (laughs) Sometimes we have to just kind of, you know, after we've gone through a lot of new changes, wait it out, let it settle down a little bit. It's kind of like if you you have like an aquarium or, or, or something that's got a lot of sand at the bottom and you just shake it up, you know, after a while you can't see where you're going and you have to let it settle down to give you a little more dramatic thought about that. One of the things I enjoy doing is scuba diving. And I remember uh, some years ago we were on a, what was considered to be a safe wreck for regular recreational divers. The, the ship had actually been uh, put on the bottom on purpose to attract fish and, and attract scuba divers so that uh, different dive uh, uh, shops could get, take people there and tour. And so one of the things they'd done is they'd welded open all of the openings, all the windows and all the doors were supposedly permanently open. So I'm swimming around in there and I'm inside the cabin. My buddy's a little bit further away from me. And the door somehow works loose and slams. Some some diver had been playing with it and it slammed shut. And I find myself on the inside. But not only did it slam shut, but it stirred up all the sediment. And in the moment, what I most needed to do was to not just try to thrash around. I needed to wait out all the dust settling, all the sediment settling down. <laughs> And, and sometimes that's true in life. You know, if we make a lot of big changes in life, sometimes it stirs up so much that it takes a while for us to find our balance. So if you change jobs and then several months later you say, wow, I feel like I'm in a rut, it may be that you're still adjusting. Or maybe you move to a new city or maybe you start a new project or, or something. And at some point you go, wow, it feels like a rut. I thought I'd done something different. Well, it may be that you're on pause. So the first question to ask is, is it a rut, which is where you're truly stuck, or is it a pause where you're actually kind of in a recovery mode? You know, you're you're, you're resting up. You're allowing your system to recover and find its equilibrium. Remember, I've talked about this before, that life usually is about equilibrium, then disequilibrium, and then re-equalizing, re-finding your equilibrium. And so the rebalancing, you know, you're, you're, you're find yourself at a state and then suddenly something changes that. And so you're disoriented and then you reorient. So oriented, disoriented, reoriented. And let's face it, this past year has been that wherever you are, wherever you live, whatever your belief system, whatever your politics, it has been that. And so part of what we're all doing collectively is trying to reorient. So that may be the case. Instead of it really being a rut for you, it's really you trying to find a recovery place to reorient where you are. But let's say that you say, no, (laughs) no, I'm really stuck. Okay, so the next step of that is to stare down that stuckness. Just kind of describe where you're stuck. Why are you in this rut? What's that rut around? Most people find that they are not in a rut everywhere. They are in a rut certain areas. 
And so just kind of list the areas where you see that you're stuck. You know, do you want to change your diet and you're not? You want to eat better food? Or maybe you want to start exercising and you're not? Or maybe you're stuck at some point in, you know, getting in better shape? Or maybe you're just not doing anything in life. You know, you're not having hobbies or interest or anything that's really bringing you joy. And so you're just kind of going through your day. Or maybe some hobby or activity that you had that was bringing you joy no longer does that. And yet you find yourself still doing that. Or maybe it's in a relationship, either you want to be in a relationship or you're in a relationship that's stuck and you feel that place of rut. So I want you to do something that many businesses do on a regular basis. Whenever there's an opportunity, they do a cost benefit analysis. Well, we can do that in our daily life to ask, what is this costing me to be stuck? What, what do I lose by being in this place? What do I lose by being in this rut? And then let me propose another one. What do I lose by getting out of this rut? What's the cost if I actually get out of the rut? Because you see, whether you act or don't act, whether you keep doing the same thing or you do something new, there is a cost on either side of it. And then we look at the benefit. And this is the one that most people struggle with when, you know, I ask the question, so what is the benefit of you being stuck in the rut? Most of the time we see that as a completely negative thing. And yet there is a benefit that we're getting, whether we want that benefit or not, there's a benefit that we're getting from it. For instance, I was talking last week with someone who wanted, wanted, according to what this person said about getting out of the rut, wanted to be in a new relationship. They wanted to be in a more, a loving relationship. They weren't in any relationship now. So they wanted to find somebody to spend their life with. And I said, well, okay, what's the cost of doing that? What's the cost of not doing that? And then I asked the question, what's the benefit of not getting out of your rut? And he paused and he said, well, the benefit is I don't have to face my insecurities. I don't have to get through my fears. I don't have to get out there and try to meet somebody and go through that process of, you know, the insecurity, the fears, the whole process of starting up of doubting myself, of doubting the relationship, of doubting the other person. I don't have to do all that. Well, that's the benefit. And then I ask, what's the benefit of getting that, of, of moving into that relationship. And he began to talk about, you know, having someone in his life to be a partner, having a capacity of moving forward in a different way, having, you know, some place of intimacy and connection that's deeper than what was in his life at that point. Now you might ask, so what happens at the end of all of that being out there? Well, you've clarified, you've clarified the role of the rut and what might change if you were to step out of that rut. So now you're staring at it with some, some clarity. And clarity always helps us at least see the rut we're in, which always allows us to say, then what next? And then that leads us to the third part of facing the rut, and that is to ask, what fears are feeding it? What fears are feeding the rut? It's not usually just a matter of following the least resistance. There's usually some level of fear that's behind it. And so to ask the question, what is the fear that's feeding this? Why do I keep hanging on to the rut? There's always a fear base in there. And many times when I'm talking with people in my coaching, 
one of the things they tell me is that they haven't done something because of fear. And I have to point out that it's not because of fear they're not doing something. Fear is just a fact. And just because you have that fear, that doesn't mean you have to live within it. So it's the fact of fear that's got him stuck. It just doesn't have to be that. The fact of fear isn't the reason. It's just the background noise. In fact, sometimes the fear is actually saying, hey, this is really important. We try to stay away from the fear because we don't want to feel it. But the fear may be telling you this really is important to focus on. So notice what fears are feeding you staying in that rut. Okay, so the first thing is to face the rut. The second thing, second big thing to do is make a shift from what to why. What often keeps us stuck in the rut? You know, what am I doing? My, my job every day, I'm going to do the same thing. It's the what's. I keep having to go to the same job, push the same things forward, work on the same projects with the same people, with the same goals. With You know, at some point, the what is just kind of the the wheel, the hamster wheel. We're just running around. What can change it is asking the question, why? Why am I doing this? And what is my why? (laughs) Why am I in this position? Now, let me be clear. This isn't about any type of position. It can happen in any position. Many times I've worked with high-level professionals and highly trained people who are still stuck on what? I remember having a conversation with a neurosurgeon. He did brain surgery all day long, saving people's lives in so many ways. And he said, you know, I just feel like I'm stuck in a rut. And I'm sitting there going, oh my gosh, this person and this person and this person were saved by you just today. And he said, so I keep doing the same thing. I go in that same operating room and I'm doing the exact same thing. And I realized that he had lost his why, why he had gotten into this. And so I asked the question, you know, why'd you get into this? Why neurosurgery? And one of the things was he was fascinated by the brain structure. You know, it was one of the things in med school that just lit him up. The whole nervous system, the whole brain structure, everything about that just lit him up. And he saw the power of transformation when you, basically he could bring someone from the edge of, of sure death to having a great life. Whether it was dealing with an aneurysm or, or dealing with a, a blockage or dealing with a tumor, he was able to help people move through what could have been uh, the end of their life in, in successful ways. And he lost track of that. He'd gotten caught in the what's of you know, the politics of the hospital, the what's of paying the bills, the what's of the exact same thing every day. And he lost track of the why. But you and I do that too. Why we're doing something is always the, the kind of the fuel that gets us going. The problem is sometimes we forget why and why we would want to do something different. And so the ask, the shift for you, that make that ask of yourself. How can I go from the why, from the what to the why, what you're doing to the why you're doing it or why you would do something different? So make a shift from what to why. Now, you don't have to spend a lot of time looking at the what, That's just what you're doing. So ask the question, why am I doing this or why would I do something different? What's my 
purpose behind this? What is my meaning? How does this bring more purpose into my life? How does it bring more meaning into my life? And the second thing is to uh, choose a shift. And here's the interesting thing about this. You can choose any shift. (laughs) Any shift can begin to pull you out of the rut. Sometimes we have to think that we've got to do something big. I was talking with somebody recently who said, you know what, I'm trying to get back into exercise. I said, great, what are you going to do? He said, I'm going to run a marathon. And I said, how's the mile going? And he said, well, I've got a plan. (laughs) got the plan in place. And it's great to have that as a goal. But starting the process was more important. Getting out and taking a run walk or even a fast walk would begin the process. So he had this big vision of where he wanted to go. He just wasn't taking any of the little steps that got there. How you run a marathon is starting at wherever you are and building up to it. Not just saying, I think I'll go run, you know, 20 some miles today, right? That doesn't get you there. So look for the low hanging and easy shifts you can make automatically. Look for the places where you can do something, anything new, just some place that you can start new. Look for any change in your current pattern. If you've decided that you really need to get into shape and you're not doing any exercise, starting doing anything, a two-minute exercise, a seven-minute exercise, anything is a shift to something new. You know, we all have great intentions. We all have great lofty goals. But where it begins is starting that. When I was talking with somebody about writing a book, she said, you know, I just can't can't get it done. I can't get all of those pages out. And I said, well, how are you, you know, how are you doing that? And she says, well, I'm just waiting for it to come to me. And so I suggested that she have a goal, small goal. Let's write a page a day or let's spend 20 minutes a day writing. And the thing about it is that those small changes are cumulative. They pull us out of the rut. I've written books where it was a kind of an inspiration moment. I wrote one of my books just over the course of a number of weeks because I had this inspiration, but it drove my family crazy because every waking moment I was either working or writing. My other books have come because I've set aside an hour and a half in the mornings to just write for an hour and a half. And that doesn't mean I'm solid writing for an hour and a half. It just means that I'm sitting down for an hour and a half with the intention of getting some words on paper. Cumulatively, that begins to add up. You know, sometimes people say, well, you know, what if I only wrote a thousand words a a day? That's just not that much. It's several paragraphs, just a number of paragraphs. Well, in 30 days, you have 30,000 words. That's a small book. In two months, you have 60,000 words. That's getting there. 90,000 words, you're, you're there, right? And anything after that is, is getting to be a long book. So it begins to accumulate fairly fast when we start off with a small, low-hanging fruit that we can get to immediately. And the other thing you want to do is keep track of it. You know, some people find that even making a small change but marking it down, there are lots of research that shows us that when we just mark down on our calendar that we did something in a streak, And there are even apps that are based on maintaining your streak. I find it true on my um, watch that, you know, it it feeds right into my phone and tells me how many days consistently I've worked out. Well, I don't want to break the streak. 
And if I don't break the streak long enough, I break out of my rut. I can get something different going. So what you have to do as you're choosing your shift is make sure you don't set yourself up for a fail strategy. (laughs) I've talked with lots of people who decided that they were going to upend everything in their life. They're going to change everything they ate, everything they exercised, everything they did uh, in their free time, everything they did in life. And that's a pretty uh, radical move that not many people can do. So for many people, that ends up being a setup for fail strategy. And they get a few days in and they realize that everything is up in the air. No stability in their life and they, they can't maintain it. So uh, make sure you choose a shift, but don't set yourself up for the fail strategy of making it such a big thing that it just cannot be finished. And the last thing is find an accountability connection. Accountability is when you have somebody to share that with. You know, I have somebody who's connected on my uh, own fitness watch activity. And so when he finishes a workout or I finish a workout, each of us knows it and can comment to each other about that. I've had other accountability partners when I was writing who would check in and say, hey, how's the writing going? I certainly found that to be true in my grad studies, that it was helpful to have a couple of people around me where we were all in the same point of the process to check and see if we were starting to get stuck in a rut. So an accountability connection can be a number of things. It may be a friend, just somebody who say, hey, can I check in with you? And maybe they're wanting to get out of the rut too. And you can just check in and say, are we making the small shifts along the way? Just a friendly reminder. It's nobody who has any power over you. They can't make you make a shift. It's your shift. It's always going to be your shift out of the rut, but they might be able to just talk to you about it. Or maybe it's a colleague. You know, if it's a work project, some business change you want to make, having a colleague who understands the process and wants to make their own change can be helpful. One of the things that's great about an accountability connection is when it is uh, people who are able to talk the same language with each other about the changes they're making. Maybe you need somebody who helps. You, You can't even figure out the strategy through that. Find a coach. There are plenty of coaches around who have great skills in helping people to move through the process of getting out of their rut. I know in my own work, that's a big piece of the coaching puzzle. People find themselves stuck and coaches can help people process through that and stay on track with that. The last thing I'm going to suggest is uh, something that I created. It's called the Thrive Journal. You can find it at mythrivejournal.com, mythrivejournal.com. The Thrive Journal is designed for you to use it twice a day and use a slow ramp up in getting to where you want to be. So in the morning, you lay out how you want your day to be. I lead you right through the process of laying that out. And then in the evening, you check in and say, how did I do? So in some ways, the Thrive Journal is your accountability factor. You get your connection to being accountable for that because you do it every single day. So you set it out. You know, I have a lot of clients who put it out right where they're going to first sit down for their cup of coffee or whatever they're going to do first thing. And there's the Thrive Journal. So they open it up and they write in it whatever they need to to set up their day. They set it aside. And when they're ready in the evening to go back and review it, it's ready for them to go whenever they're ready. So consider using the Thrive Journal as one way of doing that. Again, you can find that at mythrivejournal.com, mythrivejournal.com. And those are the tools that will help you get out of the rut. One of the things that's interesting about ruts 
They're never as deep as they feel. And you always have a chance to get out of your rut. So let's do that. (laughs) Let's beat the ruts that we're all in. Let's find a way to thrive in our lives by getting out of the rut you're in. This is Lee Balkum wishing you the best as you work to build your thriving life. listening to the Thrivology podcast. Thank you for listening. If you want more information, visit us at thrivology.com or at thrivologymagazine.com. Remember that Thrivology is spelled T H R I V E O L O G Y. It's your life. Time to live it.